Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. Well, welcome to a new year. And as I had uh, time to think about what I wanted to share this new year, I thought of a wonderful story about a guy in the Old Testament that we'll get to in a minute named Caleb. But I've entitled this message, Give Me This Mountain. You'll know why as we get into the story, but give me this mountain. Now, some of you have probably been watching some football. Congratulations, Kentucky, for the win. And for those of you who rooted for UT, we just just a little short, but that's okay. We're getting there. But I was reminded, speaking of football, that 29 years ago tomorrow will mark the no, the name, the, the game that the NFL calls the comeback. I don't know if you remember the comeback. Uh, the the uh, date was January third, nineteen ninety three, and I was uh, in college in those days. And whenever uh, I went to church on Sunday morning, when it was uh, over, I had two objectives: get home and eat, watch football. Okay, and uh, I remember watching this game. Uh, Frank Wright was the backup quarterback. Jim Kelly was injured, and so Frank Frank Wright was the quarterback. And um, let's just say it this way. At halftime, the Buffalo Bills were getting beat by the Houston Oilers. You probably don't know who that is now. They're also known now as the Tennessee Titans, but before they moved to Nashville, they were the Houston Oilers. And uh, they were down 28-3. to And then when the second half came, um, they uh, threw an uh, interception, uh, and they were down 35-3. to And at that point, the Buffalo Bill fans hit, hit the road. I mean, the stands just emptied. Your team's down 35-3. to I mean, come on, what's going to happen? Well, the greatest comeback ever. The next possession, Buffalo got the ball, scored a touchdown. Then, then Houston got it back, turned it over, scored a touchdown. I'll just give you the lowdown. In a span of six minutes and 52 seconds, which isn't long, Buffalo scored four touchdowns, and it was a game. They went on into overtime, and Buffalo won the game. As Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story is, in the biggest game of his career, Frank Wright, Uh, now was the leader of the comeback. And after the game, at the press conference, he gave all the glory to God. Matter of fact, here's, here's what he said in his own words. He says, as I stood behind the podium, typically they want to start firing questions at you. And he said, I simply said, before you ask me any questions, I want to share the lyrics of a song that have inspired me this week. And then he read the lyrics to In Christ Alone. Some of the words say this, In Christ alone will I glory, though I could pride myself in battles won, for I've been blessed beyond measure, and by His strength alone I overcome. Now some of you might go, Frank Wright, I I don't remember that, but that name sounds familiar. Well, that could be because today he is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Same guy, Frank Wright. And more recently, earlier in this football season that we're still in, um, November 21st of 21 to be exact, he was at the podium again after his Colts beat 
the Bills that he used to play for all those years uh, in a dominating win, 41-15. And after the game, here's what he said. He says, I just want to offer a word of encouragement to anyone out there who's in the midst of a struggle. In particular, I'm thinking of a few friends who I know that are going through some stuff, and I want to give you a personal account to where I found my strength for the journey. And again, he referred to the song in Christ alone and pointed to Christ as the source of his hope and his strength. And here was his quote. He says, even though it was almost 30 years ago when I read these words here in this stadium, this week I was reminded of Hebrews 13, 8, that says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's crazy, but we're here some 30 years later, not living in the past, but rather attempting to press on to what is ahead. So my encouragement is to keep climbing and to find the strength and power that you need in Jesus Christ. Well, thank you, Frank Wright, for sharing your faith. Amen? Will you find the strength and power that you need in Christ? That's the question. If you will, then you will say, give me this mountain. Because we've all got mountains to climb. How are you going to face tomorrow's mountain? We don't know what 2022 holds. But chances are you're going to face some challenges this year. Some that you might anticipate and some that you completely do not expect at all. They, may, they might even blindside you. And when you face that mountain that's going to require a tough climb and a journey, and it's going to take a lot out of you, are you going to just throw your hands up and say, that I can't do it? Or are you going to look up and say, oh God, give me this mountain. Help me, help me go through this journey. Help me conquer this. Now, I call this message, Give Me This Mountain, because Caleb in the Bible, he wanted the hill country, and I didn't want to force this hill mountain, but then I was reminded of what Jesus said. So just look very quickly at Mark 11. In Mark 11, verse 22, Jesus replied with these words. He said, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, everything you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whatever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive your wrongdoing. And so Jesus is tying our faith and our prayers to moving mountains. And he says, if you believe in your heart, it can be done. Now, my question to you today is, where are you in all of this? I think at the end of the year or the beginning of a new year is a great time to evaluate. To evaluate our potential versus our progress. Uh, it's always funny. One of the worst backhanded comments you can give someone is they've got potential. You're being nice, right? Like, I can't think of anything good to say, but man, they've got potential. Nobody likes just to be told, well, I've got potential. You want to see some results. You want to actually make 
progress. You want to be able to measure, hey, look what, what happened here from last year to this year. I grew this much or I accomplished this or I did that. You want to see growth. You want to see progress. But see, potential is rooted in our relationship with God. Jesus said, have faith in God. And God's Word tells us in Philippians 4.19, My God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Do you have a need? Are you facing a mountain and you're saying, I just don't have what it takes to climb this mountain? If you've got a need, guess what? God will supply your needs according to His riches in Christ. Are you depending on Christ? All right, He is, he is the source of our potential. But we also, we want to make progress. We want to move forward despite challenges and hindrances. And that's why in Mark 11, he says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven will also forgive your, you of your wrongdoing. You know, you and I, if we're going to fulfill our potential, we've got to make progress. What are some things in your life that you need to deal with in order to make progress you know what they are now i'm going to give you an example of this today a real life uh, example and that is caleb in the old testament you know he's someone who fulfilled god's potential for his life and he made progress in his relationship with god despite his situation you know a lot of times we look at these folks in the bible and we go but yeah but they they had it easier because of this that and the other Listen, when we see Caleb's story today, there was a lot of naysayers in his life. There was a lot of people that weren't willing to follow God, and he was one of two men that stood his ground and said, I know God can, and I believe He will, and everybody else said, you're crazy. And yet, later on in his life, he was standing on top of that mountain saying, look at what God did. I want you to... Uh, Think about the story. We sing about it in Bible school about, you know, when they sent the spies out. Remember when Moses sent the 12 spies to scout the promised land? And 10 were bad and 2 were good. I know you've heard that little VBS song. Well, those two spies that gave a good report were Caleb and Joshua. And we'll pick up the story in Numbers 13, verse 30. At this point, they've come back, they've gave the report, and they're like, man, the land is gorgeous. It's wonderful, it's beautiful. Here's some of its fruit, but there's giants in the land. And we're like grasshoppers in their eyes, and basically they say, there's no way. There's no way we can do it. And at that point, Caleb speaks up in Numbers 13, 30. It says, then Caleb quieted the people in, in the presence of Moses, and he said, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. But unfortunately, on that day, the ten spies had the leverage and the influence, and they influenced Israel to not move forward in faith, but to turn back. They even talked about getting a new leader and going back to Egypt, where they were slaves. In Numbers 14, picking up in the middle of the story, Numbers 14, verse 5, 
Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole assembly of the Israelite community. In other words, don't do this. Don't, don't reject God. Don't try to go back to Egypt. Don't do this. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, who were among those who scouted out the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite community, the land we passed through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land, for we will devour them. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. And while the whole community threatened to stone them, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tent of meeting. That's probably my favorite verse because it's come to a hair. The majority of the people are saying, you're crazy. They're living by sight, not by faith. You're crazy. We can't do that. We're not going to do that. Now think of all the things they had seen with their own eyes. Remember the ten plagues in Egypt? And through a series of ten plagues, finally Pharaoh says, get out of here. And then when they finally get out of Dodge and they're leaving Egypt, they come up against the Red Sea and they go, how are we going to cross it? And then they turn around and Pharaoh decides to chase them and there's Pharaoh and his army and they panic. And then what does God do? He shows up, he tells Moses what to do and the waters part and they cross the sea on dry ground. And then all of Pharaoh's army try to do the same thing and the water just overwhelms them and they're drowned and they're dead. All that is what this generation of people saw with their own eyes. They saw what God can do when people say there's no way. And yet now with a new mountain, now with a new challenge, they go, no, we can't do it. And yet two of them, Joshua and Caleb, Say, yes, we can. God's with us. God has removed their protection. And because God's with us, we can devour them. And it's so bad that the majority of the people rise up and they're ready to stone these people that say, yes, we can. And in that moment, they're in Numbers 14.10. While the whole community threatened to stone them, the glory of the Lord appeared. And everybody went, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, God showed up now. And when God spoke up and showed himself in this moment, those that didn't trust God would die in the wilderness. And those that did trust God would possess the land. Matter of fact, look at the verdict there in Numbers 14, verse 21. God is speaking at this point, And here's what he has to say to the people. He says, as surely as I live, and as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these ten times and did not obey me will ever see the land I swore to give their fathers. None of those who have despised me will see it. But since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him into the land where he is gone and his descendants will inherit it. 
He goes on later in another passage to say Caleb and Joshua. Now the focus here is on Caleb. Joshua ends up being the next successor to Moses. But Caleb is spotlighted because of his faith, because of of his commitment to say, I'm going all in in trusting God. And Caleb did. Now, here's the rest of the story. Forty-five years go by. I had to check this. I thought it was just 40, but it's 45. I'll show you in a minute. There in Joshua 14, verse 6, the descendants of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb said to him, You know what the Lord promised Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the Lord's servant, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to scout the land, and I brought back an honest report. My brothers who went with me caused the people to lose heart, but I followed the Lord my God completely. On that day, Moses swore to me, the land where you have set foot will be an inheritance for you and your descendants forever because you follow the Lord my God completely. And then Caleb says this, As you see, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years as he promised. Since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel was journeying in the wilderness, here I am today, 85 years old. Amen. And here's what he says. I am still as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me out. My strength for battle and my daily task is now as it was then. Now give me this hill country the Lord promised me on that day because you've heard then that the Anakim, that's the giants, are there, as well as the large fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord promised. And then Joshua blessed Caleb and he gave him Hebron as an inheritance and therefore Hebron still belongs to Caleb as an inheritance today because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, completely. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be like Caleb if I live to be 85. Amen? Here is a man who trusts God, who follows God, and he is not going to let anybody take away what God wants to give him. You may not believe. You may not follow but hey, I will. We need more and more people today to stand up and be bold and courageous and strong in the Lord and say, look, God's been good to me. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to follow Him. And I'm not going to miss out on anything that He has for me. If you want to give up, if you want to lose heart, that's on you. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I want to ask you today, are you going to turn your potential into progress? We could stand here all day long and talk about all the potential in the world that we all have to follow Christ this year. This year could be the greatest year. This year could be probably one of the best years you've ever had if you just 
focus on Him, fully surrender to Him, enjoy a sweet fellowship with Him, turn some, some burdens over to Him, learn to step out in faith more and, and climb those mountains that you didn't think you could because He says, I am with you. Are you going to turn that potential into progress? Let me share with you three things you can do to turn potential into progress. Number one, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If there's anything that I've learned about in this past couple of years, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm just not. Life's too short. I'm not going to be afraid. Doesn't mean I'm going to be reckless, but I'm not going to be afraid. Numbers 14, verse 8 and 9. If the Lord is pleased with us, Caleb said, He will bring us into the land. A land flowing with milk and honey and give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the people of the land, for we will devour them. Their protection's been removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Now fear is a part of life. We all have things we don't like. We all have things that we're afraid of. You put me on a, a ladder and tell me to keep climbing, eventually I'm going to say, mm, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. We all have things that we can be afraid of. But when it comes to living life, don't be afraid. When it comes to what God has to offer you and I, don't let fear stand in the way. I found a great quote from C.S. Lewis. This is a new one on me, but I thought it was great. C.S. Lewis said, We're like eggs at present, and you cannot go on indefinitely being just an ordinary, decent egg. We must be hatched or go bad. Think about that. You can't just live your life, all of your life, just being an ordinary, decent egg. You either got to hatch or you go bad. You ever had a sour egg? Nasty. You and I have got to eventually step out in faith. We've got to eventually do what God has called us to do. We've got to turn that potential into progress. Someone said, an unknown quote here, someone said, living in fear is a great way to end up with a wasted life. When we're on our deathbeds, the last thing we want to do is look back on our lives and realize what we wasted. Fear, living in fear, is wasting your life. Don't waste another day, another moment, another month in fear. If you want to move from potential to progress, don't be afraid. Number two, choose to trust God's promise. In Joshua 14, verse 6, Caleb comes to Joshua and he says, You know what the Lord promised Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I love how personal that was. He didn't have to give Joshua a history lesson because they both had lived it. They knew exactly what he was talking about. He just said, 
You know that promise God made to Moses, the man of God, about you and me? Well, I'm still here, and I'm ready to cash it in. I've waited, and I've waited, and I've waited, and I believe God's telling me it's time to move on. It's time to step out. It's time to move forward in faith and watch what God's going to do. And so I want to encourage you this new year, maybe you need to seek God, offer yourself to Him anew and say, God, give me a word that I can stand on this year that, that kind of represents what you're saying to me and what you want to do in my life. Now, I've had a few mentors in my life that have done that. I haven't always done that, but I did in preparation for this. I've got some mentors in the past that have prayed, and God gave them a verse, and that Bible verse became like a source of inspiration. It became something that they prayed about all year long. And as I was seeking God about that this week, I felt like God reminded me of a promise from His Word. It's in Proverbs 4.18. Proverbs 4.18 says this, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until midday. Now, that may not mean much to you, but the more I thought about it, Vicky's getting real close, y'all. It is. Yeah, I said that. You know, it's a little gray now, Danny. You know, if you shaved yours, I yeah, never mind. <laughs> but but here's the point, okay? None of us are getting any younger. And you know, when you hear people talk about the 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 latter years of life, they usually tend to talk about the sunset years. And as I've been reading my Bible and thinking and praying, I'm going. I'm going to reject that premise, okay? Because when I look at Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous is like the light of a great sunset. No, it says it's like the light of dawn. You ever get up in the morning and see that pretty sunrise? I know there's been some posted pictures every once in a while. So there's some really pretty ones out there when that sun begins to rise and the darkness leaves and you got all these different colors, you know, that, that, that the sun is creating in the sky and, and you know that it's just now popping up. It's going to get brighter and brighter all day long, particularly if it's a clear day. Well, the path of a righteous person is like the light of dawn and it's shining brighter and brighter until midday. And then whenever our day comes to go and be with Jesus, then it's glory. And so I'm not going to look at the rest of my life or the latter half of my life as, well, the twilight years, well, walking off in the sunset. Mm -mm. I am making a conscious choice. I want to be like Caleb when he was 85. And he says to a friend, you know that promise that God made to you and me? I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to experience it. I'm just as fit and able now as I was then, but that don't matter because God's going to do it. And I believe He can and I know He will and here we go. And He got His promise. As I was researching this verse, I like what John Piper said about it. He said, the Christian life is not moving toward night, 
but toward noon. There are no sunset years for the Christian. Till you die, there is a race to be run and a ministry to be finished. Or if not, there's a life to be wasted. And it's better to lose your life than to waste it. So many people waste their life. You know, when I surrendered to God's call as a teenager, people would check in with my mom. Is Corey still preaching? You know, is Corey still doing this? Is he still doing that? Because I know what the unspoken tone, mom, was. Is he really going to do that? Why would he do that? Why would he waste his life? I want to tell you something. You don't waste your life when you serve God. You don't waste your life. You lose your life. There's a big difference. Jesus said, if you will come and follow me and take up your cross and lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. But if you try to save your life, guess what? In the end, you lose it. You can either lose your life or you can waste your life. There's a lot of people today that waste their life. You want to know how to waste your life? Just do whatever you want to all the time. Just do what comes natural. Just live for you. And you will waste your life. Honestly. But if you consciously make a choice, say, Lord, thank you for giving me this life. Thank you for giving me breath. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for changing my life. I may not be much, but Lord, I'm going to offer what I have to you. And I'm going to consciously lose my life. Because in the end, it'll save it. But if I try to do it myself, I'll lose it and I'll waste it. It's your decision. It's my decision. But you have to choose to not be afraid. And trust God's promise. And that's exactly what Caleb did. The third and final thing this morning is follow the Lord with your whole heart. In Joshua 14, here's what Caleb said. He said, my brothers who went with me caused the people to lose heart. But I followed the Lord my God completely. On that day, Moses swore to me, the land where you have set foot will be an inheritance for you and your descendants forever because you, Caleb, have followed the Lord, my God, completely. A term we might use today would be wholeheartedly. If you and I are going to move from progress to potential, we can't be afraid. We've got to trust God's promise and we've got to follow Him with our heart fully completely this new year it's my prayer that you and I will do that it goes on to say in Joshua 14 verse 13 and 14 Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as an inheritance and therefore Hebron still belongs to Caleb as an inheritance today because here's the reason because he followed the Lord the God of Israel, completely. How did Caleb move from potential to progress? He followed God with everything he had. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't an accident. He leaned in and trusted God with every fiber of his being. 
Are you willing to do that today? I'm reminded of another song that I'll close with. Ironically, it goes back to the early 90s, doesn't it? New song. Some of you youth, when you go to um, Gatlinburg and see all those Christian bands play, the old guys that get up at the end every year, that's new song. Yeah, they were, I think they were old when we were young too, Danny. I mean, they've been around for a while, right? But New Song had a song back in 1992 called Wholehearted. And here's the words. It says, trying to live in two worlds at one time, holding on to all the things that I call mine, saying one thing but really living two, it's not just hard, it's impossible to do. Lord, I want you to know that this double life is through and everything, all of me, I am giving it to you. And then the chorus says, with my whole heart, I'm going to love you. With my whole life, I'm going to live it for you. Take my heart, every secret part, I'm wholehearted in love with you. Are you willing today to give everything to Jesus? your whole heart, and say, Lord, I'm not going to live in fear anymore. Lord, I'm going to believe what your word says. And I'm going to lean in with my whole heart. I'm going to fully trust and follow you. If you do that, I don't know what kind of year you have, but I will say this, it won't matter what the mountains are. If you have that kind of faith, if you trust God and fully trust and obey Him, you'll be able to say, Lord, give me this mountain. What kind of testimony would that be? You know, we have two kinds of testimony. We have a salvation testimony, and that's where you can look back and say, there was a moment in my life where I consciously made the decision to trust and follow Jesus. And then there's other kinds of testimonies where you just simply share the latest, newest thing that God is doing in your life. In other words, your relationship with God is not stale. It's a string of experiences where God is still doing something in you and through you, and I just want to tell you the latest story of what God's done in my life. I hope you have both of those, but let's start with the first one. Do you have a moment where you've consciously said, I am going to trust and follow Jesus? It's my prayer that you will. If not today here and during the, during the invitation time as we sing, as we pray, I want to encourage you to come. I'll talk with you. I'll pray with you. I'll do whatever it takes to say, hey, I want to see you be able to say to God, give me this mountain and experience all that he has for you. Some of you, you can say, Brother Corey, I'm saved and I know it. Well, praise God. I want to encourage you to be like Caleb. I don't care how old you are, okay? Don't worry about the outward man, okay? If you look at the outward man, it betrays us, don't it? It does. But what did Paul say? Outwardly, I'm dying and wasting away. But inwardly, I'm being renewed day by day. Amen, Amen brother. And you know what? Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Don't, don't buy the lie that, okay, I'm getting old now and I'm just in my sunset years. No, no, no. The path of the righteous is like the twilight of the dawn. It gets brighter. 
and it gets brighter until one day, we're with Him in glory. And it can't get any better than that. Let's all stand as musicians come. I want to encourage you this morning to be able to say in faith and confidence in Christ, in Christ alone, give me this mountain. But before you can climb that mountain with Him with you, do you know Him? Will you trust and follow Him? Let's pray. Father, I come before you this morning. Thank you for this word from the Word. And Father, I pray if there's someone here, God, that's never made that conscious decision to to cross the line and say, Lord, I'm going to trust and follow you. Lord, I'm going to lose my life for your sake in order that I might gain it later. I'm not wasting my life. I'm laying it down and I'm losing it for your sake. And you promise that everything I give to you, Lord, I won't lose it. I'll have you and everything else. Father, I pray if there's someone here today that needs to make that that decision, Lord, I pray that they will do that right now, Lord. That they will turn and trust you And offer themselves, Lord, I want to trust and follow you. And Lord, for everyone here that already knows you, Lord, I pray that we'd be encouraged by Caleb. That no matter how much time has passed, there's still promises to claim. There's still mountains to climb. There's still hills to take. Father, we want to see you do that in our day, in our time. Have your will and your way in us, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.